0: We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for December 3rd, 2017. And today is just going to kind of be a current event, weekly Bible study, um, kind of like I normally would do. and Kind of trying to keep up with the current events of the times and a lot of really, really heavy-duty, serious information to cover. Uh, before we get into everything, just some Bible verses to kind of you know, set the tone a little bit. These are from Proverbs 10 which um, is a pretty amazing, the whole chapter if you read it, it's just not to say that all the Proverbs aren't, but there are different Proverbs and the different chapters a lot of times will emphasize different things. And there was a lot of, there's a lot of things emphasized in Proverbs 10 about the righteous and the wicked, contrasting both of them. That I thought was kind of interesting, and these are just some of them. uh, About seven verses, Proverbs ten verse two: "The treasures of wickedness profit nothing." So, although it may seem like the wicked prosper for a time, in the end, and the Bible is very very clear about this, their end is destruction. Their end is hell. So, I mean, in the in the end times, the Bible even talks about in Revelation where they'll beg. They're going to hide themselves in the rocks and probably underground. They've got these gigantic underground bases. I mean, that, that's been well documented in, in the United States. I mean, they've got whole highways that go literally under the United States. And there have been uh, many reports of food companies, the, the kind that make like the freeze-dried and, and those types of long-term storage foods, that they've been bought out in many cases. Buy a lot of these private, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, conglomerates. Where they will buy these companies out and literally the food just disappears. And much of it is suspected is that it is going underground. Because they know eventually they're going to have the World War Three scenario. They're going to have an anarchy type of scenario, most likely, in order to get us into world war three in order to get us into ultimately the tribulation where we have the false prophet and the antichrist and in order to avoid a lot of the lynchings that may occur a lot of them have already prepositioned assets prepositioned food and these types of things in these gigantic underground cities that they have and they're, they're not just facilities they're cities and we have the equipment. I've, I've talked about this in many previous teachings. They've got the boring equipment where they can live. They have nuclear boring machines that are, you know, they're about, <clears throat> I don't even know, the, as far as the tunnels that they make, 20, 25, 30 feet in diameter. And it literally will melt right through rock. And they can go at about, I think, three to four miles per hour underground. And they've got whole... Uh, highway systems under the ground and this is where a lot of people i believe also disappear to these these underground facilities these underground uh areas and i'm not just talking about dumbs which are referred to as the deep underground military bases if you want to know more about that just key in underground or dumbs d-u-m-b-s in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and i've done several studies on it uh, I, I mean, I saw another video the other day where these truckers are literally lining up, and I, I don't know how a guy gets in there, but he gets into one of, like the outside of one of these, where it's a launching point for these semis that literally will go like transcontinental underneath the ground. Instead of the, the, the semis you see above ground on our road systems, these guys are going underground. A guy's getting ready to go into one tunnel, and the guys are hey, yeah, yeah, he's he's talking to the guy. And he's asking him about the tunnels and he's kind of talking about I guess he thinks, you know, it's okay to talk to him or whatever, because he's inside this facility. And it's just a very matter-of-fact thing. These these things go thousands of miles. They they transport all of these different goods and things like this under the ground. We have we have no idea. I've heard in fact I heard in the last week that one third of our total budget goes to these dark black mil this would be under the guise of black ops military. Type operations. One third of our annual taxes and budget go to this. And meanwhile, you've got all of these things where, you know, the, the way they've treated the veterans, and then all the money they've given to the illegal aliens and the Muslims, and and all of the travesties that our government commits. Now, the the big thing with health care, uh, you know, some people pay up to forty thousand dollars a year. Now, I heard as as, the, as it goes further into Obamacare. All of these travesties are taking place above ground and the total destruction of the middle class. And one-third of what we're putting out in this economy most likely is going to these, and the secret space programs and things of this nature. And it's all pure wickedness. It doesn't have to be wickedness, but in this case it purely is, because this is the Illuminati. These are the people that essentially... You know, kind of run the earth. But in the end, the treasures of wickedness profit nothing. They will profit nothing because it doesn't matter how far they go underground, it doesn't matter if they go to another planet, it doesn't really matter, they're gonna end up in hell. And this is why they're seeking all the stuff with the big time life extension and in and, and basically these a lot of these guys have put themselves into cryogenic freezing states, um, meaning they've been put into a deep freeze once they died thinking that their bodies will be resurrected at a, at a later time when the technology becomes available for their their um, but their souls in hell their, their, their soul's not going to get resurrected into their into a body that they supposedly reanimate. whatever if they're able to reanimate bodies, um, whatever spirit goes into them will not be the spirit. Oh and then you then you've got the whole, thing about the uh, AI thing, where they're going to upload our consciousness consciousness into computers, into, you know, maybe simulated AI bodies, these types of things. That's a big thing they're predicting. I've reported on that many, many times. Anything to get away from the judgment of hell is really what it boils down to. And, and this is why they're desperately trying to, to create that situation, so the treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivereth from death. So just being a righteous person through Christ, and I understand there are none righteous, no, not why I, I get that. I understand that. But you know, apart from Jesus Christ, you know, all our filthiness is as all our all, all our good works are as filthy rags, essentially, is what is what the Bible talks about. So I'm not talking about righteousness like apart from Christ. I'm talking about righteousness through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit as a born again Christian living that way. That type of righteousness delivereth from death. Now, I'm not saying there's not people that are going to suffer in the days and times to come. And, and, and who knows? There's, there's going to be a lot of martyrs and things like this. The Bible's very clear about that in Revelation. Okay, it talks about the blood of the martyrs. They overcame him by, you know, the blood of the Lamb, and they loved their lives not unto the death. Okay, so we know that's going to happen. We understand that. Okay, but God always does preserve a remnant as well. So I just don't like to get too into one area saying, well, everybody, we're all going to die. These horrific deaths or whatever. A lot of us may, but through the Lord Jesus Christ, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So... I just don't think we should fixate on this horrible death we're all going to die. Because that's, that kind of tends to take away hope. And, and hope is something that's very, very important. Is God capable of delivering you is what I guess the point I'm trying to make. Is he capable of protecting you through the bad times? Okay. And the Bible is very clear on that. Yes. So Proverbs 10.3 says, The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish. Okay, so that is in regard to um, food and water, essentially. The Bible, it also says, I've never seen this the um, seed of the righteous begging bread. It's another verse in Proverbs. Meaning the seed of the righteous begging, meaning they're begging because they have no food or whatever. Now, I think a lot of this also falls on us to a certain extent, because if we see all this wickedness coming, and we've seen it for years and we've done nothing about any of it but just kick back and like well whatever well that's what why a watchman exists is to warn okay and if you've heard the watchman and that's all i've ever claimed to be and you have done nothing to prepare okay well then that's kind of on you then at that point if you had the means if you had you know any type of, of, of monetary base where you could tap into to actually make prep. You never know. Your preps may go to just helping somebody else. In the end, I don't know. Okay, just some Bible verses that kind of popped into my head as, as I was talking about this. Um, if we have wisdom, we should prepare for this like God instructed Joseph to do. Genesis 41:34. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land, and take up a fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years, because they had seven plenteous years, and God gave them a heads up ahead of time. In other words, He gave them a warning. Well, the body of Christ, it, it, I mean, I guess, I guess, if you're going to like a 501c3 church, and and you go into some lukewarm, and they've just been preaching pixie dust and fairy tales and buttercups for the last 30 40 years and that's the only thing you've ever known i I guess you could say yeah i'm not warned (laughs) but you know it is kind of your responsibility though to seek out truth and to seek out knowledge and to seek out wisdom you know i did it i mean i i my word i went to a lutheran middle school a catholic high school my mom and dad were totally new age party animals um you know i was a total party animal all through college in in high school and 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 then i got into a crazy crazy charismatic movement and i mean charismania at the highest levels so you know but in the end ultimately i was responsible for searching out the truth and trying to get to the you know that so we are responsible i believe um Next verse, and let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up the corn under the land of Pharaoh and let him keep food in the cities. And the food shall be stored to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt and that land, that the land perish not through famine. So this was God warning them saying, if you don't do this, okay, then this will happen. You will perish in famine. I gave you basically a seven year heads up to prepare. And if you don't take advantage of that seven year window, well then that's on you. You're gonna die. Uh, so they did it and, and obviously you know that was that was the, the, the means by which they were able to live through the seven years of famine. Proverbs 10 5 He that gathereth in summer is a wise son but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Now again that's Proverbs 10 even though I didn't even have that verse in here but it says a lot about being diligent in business being diligent in whatever you're setting your hand to if you want to if you want to reap if you want to um and I mean it, it talks a lot about even being becoming rich in a positive good way and I don't mean the rich man trusted in his riches and all that other stuff there are Christians out there that are rich, that do have money, and that are still righteous in God's eyes because they have, a, they have applied biblical principles. Now, I'm not saying everybody's. I mean, I'm, I'm not, and, you know, I'm a doctor, and, and, but I kind of went a different route, though, regarding this ministry, and I've never really sought that, you know? It's just not anything I've, I've ever really... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in this to, to become some kind of big millionaire or whatever. Uh, and that should never be the motivation either. But some people are rich so that they can help other people. Some Christians are. That they can actually do good with that money. The problem is is that I believe God looks on the person and, and he asks, I'm not saying he wouldn't know, but God will know in a given given instance if that person can handle riches. Even though the person may think they can handle it, maybe they can't. And maybe that's a big reason they never get rich because it would corrupt them. You know, so it just depends on the person, and that's up to God. Uh, so, Proverbs six six, go to the ant, thou sluggard; consider her ways and be wise. Which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in summer, meat meaning food, and gathereth her food in harvest. So that's another example to consider the ant, when when they had time to gather when it was time for harvest the ants don't mess around you, you don't normally don't see ants there like like okay let's say you take a magnifying glass and you look down at the ant pile during summer and they're just they have these little beach chairs and they're all just kind of kicked back they got little little uh, cocktail on one side and you know with a little umbrella thing and they're just kind of kicking back they got the suntan lotion on catching a few rays you normally don't see ants doing that now every once in a while you might kidding just teasing but I'm just saying, you just don't see that. Because ants are always diligent about their business. Um, Proverbs 22.3 A prudent man foreseeth the evil, which is what we're almost always talking about and have been perpetually talking about in this ministry. Since it started in 06, it kind of started way before that even though because I still had, I still had my newsletters before that. So it probably goes all the way back to like close to 2000. I don't really know when I started sending out newsletters originally. But it's probably, we're probably looking at about, I don't know, 16, 17, 18 years. That's basically what I've been doing for that long. Trying to be a watchman. Uh, So a prudent man foreseeeth evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So foreseeing the evil and preparing for that is not an evil, wicked thing. Now, if you're motivated by pure fear, and it's not fear of God, it's just fear of man. It's fear of, oh, what's going to happen? That's not the proper motivation either. So that's why the Bible talks about examining yourself, that we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged, the Bible says. Judging yourself is a righteous thing that we should be doing every single day. You know, that's the type of self-judgment that needs to happen jesus christ said judge righteous judgment you know the, the where it says judge not lest ye be judged is where it says that in the bible with the parable that jesus talked about was clearly an example of hypocritical judgment you judging your brother or sister or whatever when you had a beam in your own eye and they had a speck in theirs and you're judging their speck when you have a beam in your own that's, what, that's hypocritical judgment. That's what we need to not do. Okay, so going forward, 1 Timothy 5.8, But if any provide not for his own, and especially those of his own house, yet denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. That's a really serious verse. I mean, honestly, that has a lot of implications of hellfire, if you ask me. Because if any provide not for his own... Now, this is talking to Christians, this isn't talking to heathens. If any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, meaning the people under your roof, like if you're a man and you have wife and children, okay, especially those of his own house, he has denied the faith. Well, you mean like Hinduism faith? No, it's clearly in reference here to the Christian faith. He had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel that's really serious so that's not something you want to do you know uh i've talked with pacifist christians that would uh basically just say well well when the day comes i'm just gonna kick back and let them do whatever they want i'm not going to resist anything and i've done nothing to prepare for any of this and i basically let my wife do all the work and i mean i'm serious i've known people like that and I'm like, wow, that's so biblical. So you're letting her be the breadwinner, and you've done nothing to prepare for anything, and you just play video games all day, and you use her money to tithe with. Uh, okay, that's super, super biblical. That I mean, that's, I, I don't know... And then, and he's literally. I heard him say, basically, well, when they come, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to, evidently, go into a fetal position position and go number one and number two in my pants and let them have their way with my wife. Oh, okay. Wow. I I mean, I can't imagine anything more biblical than that. I mean, more manly, especially. So there's a lot of different camps out there. That believe different things and i'm just trying to look at what the bible says and i'm like well i don't see any any way around not defending your family providing for your family or any of that i just i don't see biblical um i don't see bible for it so call me crazy but uh if i can point you to several bible verses on it that's how i try to prove things not my own opinion you know the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it Because your opinion is like your heart, you know. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. That's what the Bible says. He who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. What does the world tell you? Trust in your heart and everything will just be magical. And and your heart will never mislead you or deceive you. That is such a lie from the pit of hell. The Bible says the exact polar opposite. You trust your own heart, you're gunning up in hell every single time. Because the biblical things that that are in the Bible are typically not something the heart would want to hear. A lot of the stuff the Bible says is not something that's going to tickle the heartstrings. You know. Going further, I'm, I'm, I wasn't even going to cover these verses, but it really took this twist. Um, Proverbs ten two. Oh, I just said that verse actually. Uh, Oh, and I said the next verse. Okay. So these are these are very pertinent to what we're we're kind of talking about today here. I'm going to go ahead and just put this. Oh, and also the verses leading up to this were Revelation 6:5 through 6:6, 6, 6, okay? Now this is in the tribulation, okay? The seven-year tribulation that we're not in yet. I can't tell you how many times over the years I've had people say, well, I think we're like three and a half years into it already. I'm like, what? Seriously? Oh, I can't tell you how many people have emailed me, stuff like that. Oh, we're definitely in the tribulation. Obama's definitely the Antichrist. Prince Charles is definitely the Antichrist. Listen, I've never gotten dogmatic about the Antichrist thing. I've done studies on it. I've done a lot of, I mean, like a 12-parter on the Antichrist. I don't want to do that. Yeah, a lot of it was was keyed on Matreya. I don't I don't know if he's going to be the Antichrist. I think he'll play a part in it. He's definitely set up to play a major part in it. If you don't know what that is, just key in Matreya in the keyword search box at continuefortruth.com. M a i t r e y a. I believe. I don't know. Um. But try not to get too dogmatic. But a lot of people and there's a lot of Christian camps that believe that, and then they'll go from one prophet or prophet test to the other, and their prophecies never come to pass. I haven't seen one prophet yet nail it every time. That's the test of a prophet, Deuteronomy 18. And if they didn't get it right 100% of the time, you were supposed to kill them in the Old Testament. I'm not saying you do it today, but see, today, because there is no death penalty, people think there's really no repercussions. So, oh, I can pump out prophecy after prophecy that's totally inaccurate, But as long as it's tickling the ears of of the hearer, even though it doesn't come to pass, it's fine to keep prophesying falsely. That's what I see as the norm. I mean, that's what I came out of in Charismania. But it's still 100% just as prevalent today. So I'm extremely leery of prophets or prophetesses, I mean, unless I know they've got some kind of impeccable track record. which I typically don't hardly ever find. Revelation 6, 5. And when he had opened the third seal, and I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and beheld and lo, a black horse, and he, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. Now this is in the tribulation. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Now, that ver, the word for measure, meaning measure of wheat or measure of barley, is, the Greek is the word choinix, which is a dry measure containing less than a quart. Or as much as would support a man of moderate appetite for a day. So it's one day's worth of food for a man of moderate appetite. So a measure of wheat for a penny. Okay, so what's, what's a penny? A penny is derived from the, from the Greek word denarion, which is a Roman silver coin in New Testament times called a denarius. It was the principal silver coin of the Roman Empire. From the parable of the laborers in the vineyard by Jesus, it would seem that a denarius was then the ordinary pay for a day's wages. See Matthew 20, 2 through 13. So a denarius, or one penny, it's not what it is today, it's a totally different concept, would be basically a day's pay. So it's going to get so bad in Revelation, I said all that to say this, it's going to get so bad in the midst of the Revelation, the Revelation period, and this is most likely um, after the three and a half year period, we're going to be way into it at this point, that for a... A measure of wheat, which is basically as much as will support a man of moderate appetite for one day. One day's food for one man is going to cost a whole day's wages, which is a penny. So evidently wheat is going to be even more scarce than barley because it says three measures of barley for a penny. It's all about supply and demand. So the days are coming when there's going to hardly be any food, and if you can get it, it's going to be astronomically priced, even for something as, as basic as wheat. And how many of us, and I'm talking to myself now, I have the capability of processing wheat, but have I ever been, Heloise the Happy Homemaker, and started to make a whole bunch of stuff with wheat, like in a baking type of scenario? And then you get into, are oh, you going to power, you know, and, do you have a way to do it? I know there's solar ovens out there that don't require it. There's also solar as a um, backup where you could probably operate in an oven. But, I mean, even if you had a measure of wheat for a lot of people, they wouldn't know what to do with it. Because it's not just it's not like just the wheat jumps into the pan and then it makes bread. There's other stuff you have to have with it in order to even make bread. It's just something to think about. particularly regarding the days and times that we are going to eventually end up in. Now, whether that's tomorrow or whether it's a year from now or seven, I don't know. I don't know. It it seems to me, though, that God's been ever-merciful, and and this whole thing is kind of long overdue. Uh, Proverbs 10, verse 11, The mouth of the righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. So... A righteous person should tend to speak things that are promoting life. These types of things. Um, Proverbs 10.14 Wise men layeth up lay up knowledge. So that's another thing that we should strive for. Now the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of understanding. And it's also the beginning of knowledge. And all of those three commingle. So if you feel like you lack in wisdom, knowledge, or understanding, pray for the fear of the Lord, because that is a natural byproduct. What is another natural byproduct of fear of the Lord? Humility. Humility is the exact opposite of the fear of the Lord. It's, it's kind of, it's something that, they, they go hand in hand. I shouldn't say it's the opposite. They go hand in hand. They, they, it's kind of like a package deal. Because if you truly have fear of the Lord, then you're going to be humble before God. <laughs> You know, you're not going to be all proud and vote up to God and say, I fear God. It, it doesn't work that way. Pride is the opposite, I'm saying. Sorry. Self-pride is the opposite of the fear of the Lord. Which a ton of people operate in pride. And pride blinds you. Because you don't, a proud person doesn't realize they have a problem most of the time. Because their pride has blinded them. Therefore they do not see. And they and they cannot be reached. Whereas somebody that's like a robber or a murderer typically will know they're a robber or a murderer. Somebody that's super prideful doesn't think they have a problem. So that's the most dangerous sin in the Bible. And it was really the first sin ever recorded in the Bible because if you think about it, what was the first sin that was ever committed? This is before Adam and Eve. Well, how do you know? Well, who tempted Adam and Eve? The serpent? The serpent had already fallen at that point. So what was the first sin in the Bible? Well, when Satan fell and took a third of the angels, yep, and why did he fall? It said because of his beauty and because of his merchandise, he was lifted up. So beauty and his merchandise, his great assets he had acquired, evidently in some kind of heavenly realm slash way, I don't know. <laughs> it's far above my comprehension, but um yeah, so you got to guard against pride. Pride is just the worst thing that can happen because and I've seen it happen over and over and over to people they start and this is how cults get started. A lot of people that branch off and they start their own little cult system within even within Christianity because they think that God showed them something that God never showed anybody else on the planet and they have their own little cults. And I've seen it over and over and over again. And a lot of it starts with the Hebrew root stuff. A lot of it can start with like charismania. Um, it it can it can happen on a lot of different levels and a lot of different ways. And um, I've seen it over and over with all of my experiences I've had in Christianity that I've kind of mentioned. And that's something you you know. You want to be real careful who you're putting yourself under, who has authority over you. Okay? Now, there's no Bible at all for women preachers, for women pastors, for women bishops, elders, or deacons. The Bible says the, the pastor, the bishop, the deacon is to be the husband of, of, um, the husband of one wife. It doesn't say the wife of one husband. It's never been an option. I'm sure that the New Age Bible verses, the, the, the New Age Bible versions, like whatever, have watered that all down to make that ambiguous so that there, there's license for, and this is why it's so important what Bible you're reading. The King James Bible doesn't water that down at all. It says that. It says it in two different places in the New Testament, that it, pastor, bishop, elder, deacon, it's not just pastors, it's deacons too. Overseers, husband of one wife, and then there's other there's all the kinds of criteria. Now, if you don't believe it, just look it up, and I've done a whole study study on um, just keying what women it's what women can do for the Lord. And listen, you could say, "Well, you're a chauvinistic pig." I'm just telling you what the Bible's saying. I'm not the author of the Bible. If you have a problem with it, you have a problem with the word. The Word of God. And I don't mean the NIV or all the other American Standard Version or all the other perversions that are derived from corrupt texts. Done tons of studies on that subject. Just key in KJV. If you want to know more about that. Um, So, uh, again, the reason I, I tend to get off on so many rabbit trails is so much of this is all connected in the end. All of it. There's so many ways to get off track. There's so many ways to get off in left field. There's so many ways to get sucked up into bad doctrine. I, I've told this a million times, probably, well not a million, but a lot. Um, don't trust me. Don't trust any man. Make sure whatever, whoever you're, I don't even mean following or putting yourself under whatever church you might be attending, make sure what they're saying is lining up with what the Word of God says. And the problem is, is, is if you go to a 501c3 church, right off the bat, you're in trouble because... They've set themselves under the government. The government literally through the IRS charter has given that church a right to exist. They went to the government and said, please government, please wicked secular government, give us a right to exist. Didn't start out that way in the churches. The churches never set themselves under the government originally. This only started happening when the IRS came in in like, you know, 40s and 50s and stuff and started saying, well, we'll give you these benefits if you you become a 501c3 corporation. And then your parishioners can write this off on their taxes and we'll have a record of everything they're doing. Whereas the Bible says, let let not your right hand know what your left hand's doing when you give. So that to me is unbiblical. I think it's also unbiblical to do it because you can write it off on the IRS taxes. IRS being one of the most wicked, evil, corrupt, satanic organizations that's ever existed on the planet. Not one dime of what we pay into it goes to running this country. Well, I don't believe that. That's the only tax that counts. That's that's the way. Do you pay your taxes? How many times have you heard that? Well, let me, let me, let me tell you something here. Um, <laughs> you ever watch Freedom of Fascism? America, Freedom and Fascism? And it was funny. That guy that did that video, he was dead within about a year to a year and a half after he did that. Just kick in America, freedom to fascism on the Internet. Where do the income taxes that we are collected actually go? In 1982, President Ronald Reagan formed the President's Private Sector Survey on Cost Control, an independent panel of 160 of the country's top business leaders headed by Peter Grace. This was also known as the Grace Commission. In order to find ways to cut federal spending, in their report submitted to President Reagan on January 15, 1984, this blue ribbon panel stated the following, quoting directly from page 12 of the report, quote, resistance to additional income taxes would be even more widespread if people were aware, being destroyed for lack of knowledge, if people were aware, let Satan not get an advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. My children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Oh, sorry. If people were aware that one third of all their taxes are consumed by waste and inefficiency in the federal government, so one third of whatever you pay to the IRS, they admit to right up front, it's just consumed by waste and inefficiency in the federal government, okay, as previously identified, with two thirds, so the remaining two thirds of everyone's personal income taxes wasted or not collected. 100% of what is collected is absorbed solely by the interest on the federal debt. And the only reason we have this big, gigantic federal debt, at least in part, is because they created the Federal Reserve in 1913, which basically put us onto a fiat current system, meaning a fake current system. And basically by 1933, we went off the gold backed currencies and then ultimately ended up going off anything silver based. I believe totally by 1968. And that's a big reason why they wanted to kill Kennedy because he wanted to bring us back on a precious metal-based currency, which is a righteous weight and scale and balance like the Bible talks about in Proverbs. It's it's righteous. It's, it's, It's righteous to have, if you issue currency as a country, it's righteous to have something backing it. It's not righteous when you print it out of thin air, which is what we've been doing eventually something's got to give. It's, it's wicked. If God abhors an unjust scale and balance, which he says over and over in Proverbs and in Psalms, he abhors it. How does he feel about printing money out of thin air with nothing backing it? I can't even imagine. It's a whole other level of evil. And we've been doing it for a long, long time. 100% of what is collected is absorbed solely by the interest on the federal debt. In other words, all individual income tax returns are gone before one nickel is spent on the services taxpayers expect from the government. Well, then how do we have our roads? And, well, there's there's gas taxes. You pay tons of gas uh, gas taxes every time you buy a gallon of gasoline. Property taxes. There's so many different taxes other than the one that is the only one that counts, which is the IRS one, there's like hundreds of other ones. And they go into it in this um, the Freedom to Fascism movie. They, they show you a gigantic list of all the, all the taxes that actually run the country. And I think a lot of this also goes into these black projects that we had talked about earlier, where it just disappears. One third of our federal budget just disappears every year into this black hole of evilness. would imagine a lot of it goes toward that too. The IRS, more facts regarding the IRS, the IRS is not a U.S. governmental agency. It's an agency of the um, IMF. The IMF is an agency of the United Nations. Now, all of this is referenced. I'm not going to give you all the references. They're gigantically long here. The IMF stands for International Monetary Fund. So the IRS is not a governmental agency, not a U.S. governmental agency. It's an agency of the IMF. The IMF is an agency of the United Nations. The United Nations is basically going to be the coming backbone of the New World Order. It is going to be the thing that sets up the one world religion under Antichrist and False Prophet. Remember, United Nations, global government, one world religion, one world everything. The United Nations is going to be the main driver for all that to happen. And the U.S. Treasury is now the IMF. So basically, the, the United Nations is what ends up controlling all of the money that goes in that you pay into the IRS. United Nations. And it's been that way a long time. Where does it say the IMF is an agency of the United Nations? In Black's Law Dictionary, 6th edition, page 816 that's like this gold standard for lawyers so it's a really sick corrupt world we live in really sick and corrupt we've been duped and lied to on so many different levels it boggles the imagination proverbs 11 1, a false balance is an abomination to the lord but a just weight is his delight proverbs 16 11, a just weight and balance are the lord's all the weights of the bag are his work meaning just weight and this is just like when you would bring in a measure of barley and you wanted to get paid for a measure of barley the weight that you used which said one pound of course wouldn't say that back then whatever form it it's it weighed a one pound it weighed exactly one pound it didn't weigh light it didn't weigh heavy that's what a big deal it is to God that he keeps saying it over and over again. And, and this is so far beyond just weights and balances, it's not even funny what we're talking about. Divers' weights, meaning different weights, weights that aren't accurate, are an abomination unto the Lord. And a false balance is not good. Natural News put this out. Federal income tax exposed as theater. Why the government doesn't really need your tax dollars. It's tax season again, and much of the U.S. population is busy filling out tax forms to send their hard-earned money to Washington. The crazy thing about this bizarre ritual is that it's based on a myth. The U.S. government doesn't need your tax dollars to fund its operations at all. In the latest episode of Awakenings, I will explain why the government doesn't need your money and why the tax code is actually a system of social engineering rather than revenue generation. And he goes in the whole thing here. I, I got a whole gigantic section on this. Okay, I, I didn't mean to turn this into a whole part. Sorry, it just kind of worked out that way. Um, Proverbs uh, ten sixteen: the labor of the righteous tendeth to life; the fruit of the wicked to sin. So whatever you you whatever occupation you're doing, like it wouldn't it be good if you were like working in a bar serving drinks to people. That's not a labor that's tending to life. Dealing meth would not be... Oh, man, I, I watched a little bit of this documentary on meth. Like last... I, I, I couldn't even believe what I was seeing on this show. The, I mean, the depravity and, and the... It's, it was sad. I mean, it really was unbelievably sad. I, I, it, it defies the imagination how people... Some people and a lot of people live. Especially if meth is involved. I mean, this woman, and it was about her family and and her son that was just in and out of prison. And I mean, you know, they were all addicted to drugs. The whole family. Uh, just a life of pure agony and in misery. They literally showed one scene where, and the, the they were in their filming, and they were they were in one part of their house or whatever and they were looking for something and there was they have dogs in the house and there was literally piles of dog poop all over the ground and she was she was like i can't stand the stench and she was spraying something and there was literally piles of dog poop on the ground commingled with their clothes and they were literally their idea of cleaning up for the cameraman was basically taking the clothes and kind of wrapping it around the dog poop and pushing it aside. And they literally did nothing more than that. They were and they were, I think what they were doing is they were looking for more drugs and more prescription bottles. I I had never seen anything quite like And then they just walk out of the room and they I'm like I cannot imagine living in that kind of filth and the kind of demons that would literally attract. Demons are attracted to filth. They are. I mean. Why do they think they call Beelzebub Lord of the Flies? What are flies attracted to? Anything that's evil and filthy and, you know. I, I, I never saw, I, I just, I'm still reeling. I and I, didn't even, I only saw like 15 minutes of it, like 20. And I'm not judging them. I, I just, man. You have, I don't think any of us have any idea what kind of depravity a lot of people actually live in as a normal part of society. And and the government, in part, has done a lot to create this. You know? And I've got into that. And I'm not blaming it all on the government. I'm just saying there's been a big, concerted effort to bring drugs into this country for a long, long time. At bare minimum, going back to the Clintons when they were flying in C-40 cargo planes into Mena, Arkansas, when he was the governor, which is well-documented. And all the trail of bodies that has followed those two disgusting devils from the pits of hell ever since. I mean, if you're trying to destroy America, wouldn't it be one of the best ways to be to bring in a ton of drugs into the country and flood the streets with them? Knowing that that's going to spread like a cancer? Sure, not going to do anything to help the country. The opium, the opium that we've been guarding in Afghanistan for I don't know how long that they've openly admitted to on even secular mainstream broadcasts where they've interviewed generals and they're saying, yeah, we have to guard the opium because it's the only crop they really have and if we destroyed it, the, it would, whatever. Seriously? So they can flood our streets with heroin? Or the opiate-based painkillers like OxyContin and all that stuff. That's exactly why they're doing it. I have heard that that and again I can't I haven't trekked into it enough, but I have heard on several occasions that now they're actually bombing the opium. Via the generals under Trump. I don't know. I told you when it comes to Trump, I said I'm gonna give him credit where credit's due and I'm gonna I'm, and I'm gonna call him out whenever he needs called out. And we're going to be talking a lot about that today. You know, there's so many different theories out there, but when I start to see common themes or whatever is what we're kind of kind of be talking about today. And it's a big warning I'm going to be getting into about what could be coming in the next month to two months to three months. And again, I say this not to get everybody afraid or whatever, but so that they can pray about it and, and however they feel they need to prepare spiritually, physically, whatever, then they'll have a heads up. that's what a watchman's supposed to do. Last verse, Proverbs 10, 27. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days. So that means that people that fear the Lord tend to live longer. Okay? But the years of the wicked shall be shortened. The Bible also says the wicked should not live out half their days. And again, you look at the life expectancy of the average gay person. And, and lesbian as well. I mean, the average gay guy, it's like 39. 39! The average expectancy of a normal person is like 75. Now, granted, it might, it might have come down some, but... I'm telling you. So, I mean, with, with the gay community, there's just about nothing you could do if you want to curse your own body more then be a gay guy or lesbian in that lifestyle it never ends well never never so it's something that is very very serious thing there um the years of the wicked shall be shortened all right well i'm really sorry i didn't mean for this whole thing to go a whole part i was planning on just talking about those verses and, and moving on but maybe somebody needed to hear some of the stuff i was saying I'm going to go ahead and end part one here because I don't want to commingle anything uh, from the next part and we will go to part two next. So God bless you.
1: Scott Johnson's 1,000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com That's C-O-N... T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, Number 321, Hickory, NC 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at ContendingForTruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.